Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Join Tyler and his team as they unlock the secrets to achieving financial independence through wealth building strategies inspired by Robert Kiyosaki and other thought provoking leaders. Learn to build leveraged streams of cash flow that land in your pocket and improve your quality of life. Gain access to cutting-edge ideas that will increase your productivity and streamline your success. Find out how to supercharge your retirement plan so you won't have to retire with a pay cut. You can escape the rat race. Are you ready? It's time to Learn to Earn with Tyler Sheff. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys podcast. It's that time again. Friday is here and it is that time to learn to earn. Folks, January 1st has come and gone. First thing I got for you, first question I have right off the cuff is, what are you going to do different this year than you've ever done before? Now, every year, all I hear usually starts somewhere around Thanksgiving. I hear this well after the holidays, after Thanksgiving, after Christmas, after New Year's, after this, after that. I promise I'll be successful. I'll change my situation after the holidays. What goes on during the holidays that intentionally keeps you from being successful? That's the first question I ask for you or ask from you rather is what is going on that is so pressing. I get that Santa Claus is coming down the chimney, but here's the news break for most of you folks. You guys don't have chimneys anymore. Fireplaces kind of went out in the eighties. Okay. So we can't use the excuse of, well, the holidays are coming, so I'm just going to chill out and sit on my butt and do nothing for the next three months. Wrong answer, because here's the deal. Come January 1st, you're going to be in the same position you are now. The difference is I guarantee you, you are going to be in debt. If you are a parent or a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle, chances are you probably went out and spent too much on your niece, nephew, child, grandchild, whatever. And now it's January and you're in debt. You're in deeper debt than when, than where you were before. Folks, what this what you're experiencing is the great American lie. Now, I did a speech about this when I started in Toastmasters a few years ago, and I called it the great American lie. I'm not going to give you the speech today. I'll, I will spare you the, the speech, but I'm going to give you a speech on another topic, and I want to talk about the past and the past beliefs, and I want to give you a little bit of motivation to make this year just rock. This year, you need to take the action to change the situation. If you're not happy with where you are, with what you're accomplishing, with what you're doing, if you, like Grant Cardone says, if your money's not right, get your money right. Now, when we talk about the past, a lot of people ask, well, why, why, why look back? And one question I have is really what good comes from living in the past? Now, the reason I ask that, because it's been my experience, and now I don't have all the answers granted, but it's been my experience thus far in my 46 years. If you walk, run, drive, or fly while you're looking behind you, chances are you're going to walk into something, you're going to crash, you're going to trip and fall, something's going to happen if you are constantly looking behind you. Now, there's a couple different reasons people look behind themselves. Either they're scared of who's maybe chasing them, or zombie apocalypse enter here, or perhaps they're so focused on their future or their past failures that they are unable to see their future. Let me ask you, do you really learn by your mistakes? 
Well, the answer to a lot of people is, oh, of course, that's the politically correct answer. Of course, I've learned from my mistakes. Well, most people that I run into lately haven't learned from their mistakes. And I say that because they're still making the same dumb mistakes they did the year before. That's why New Year's resolutions have some teeth, because people keep making the same mistakes over and over again. Now, does that mean that you have to live in the past? Absolutely not. And here's the thing you have to remember. We can't change what's already been done. We have no power to change what's already been done. What's done is done. We need to get over it. We got to suck it up and get over it because that's just the reality of things. We cannot go back and change what's already happened. But what we can do, what we have to do, what we must do is have total control over the future. Why? Because we have total control over the future. I was just having lunch with a friend today and I was thinking and we were having a conversation and we were talking about things that, that you know, making mistakes in the past and how that affects our future and, and people that are making mistakes. And, and I said it to him right there. I said, you know, here's the thing you got to think about. I have total control over my past in the first place. All the mistakes that have, that have happened, all the bad things that have happened are somehow probably my fault because I've done some dumb things in my life. Every one of us has. So we just got to get past that. Here's the good news, though. I have control over what's going on in the future. I can predict and I can't necessarily predict the outcome. But I can influence the outcome by taking action, by educating myself, by who I surround, choose to spend my time with. If I spend my time with people that simply have no motivation, people that are victim mentality, people that are not taking the action to move themselves forward, well, I'm going to wind up being in the same boat as them. And that's not really where I want to be. And I've done that in my real life. I have separated myself from those who I feel are not good for me, not good for my environment. They are not proactive. If they are negative people, if they have taken advantage of others financially in the past, if they have taken advantage of other people's needs, other people's emotions, if they have a victim mentality, these are people that I have separated myself from and I no longer spend time with. Some of these people are friends or we're friends. Some of these people were actual were family. We have taken steps, my wife and I, to separate ourselves from people that are dragging us down, holding us back, keeping us where we were because we're going to a whole new place. We are going to a place that most people will probably never go because they won't take the action, whether they're too lazy, afraid, or just decide that, they're, that it's not possible for them to take the action. They're never going to get there because they're not going to take the time to self-improve. They're not going to admit that they've made mistakes, get over it, and move past it. They're not going to be willing to do what other people are, are not willing to do. And there's your key, folks. You want success. You want to take your investing game to the next level. You want to change your money situation. You want to build your retirement. You want to pay off your kids' college tuition. You want to get that Lamborghini that gets you so excited or that Audi, whatever it is. You got to change your facts. You got to change your situation and you got to do it starting today. Tomorrow's not going to work. Next month isn't going to work. Folks, after the holidays is not going to work. Because here's the news. In a couple more months, nine months, you get to use that excuse all over again. So that means you're going to set yourself up for failure every single year if you don't break the chain and stop using that same excuse over and over and over again. Well, I got to get the tree up and I got to get the lights out out in the house that I overpaid for in 2007. I got to go to the company Christmas party and I got to buy a new dress for the party or I got to get a new suit and... I got to go to the kids Christmas play and I got to do this and I got to do that. And you have all the excuses of the, in the world why you cannot do something. 
He had no excuses on why you shouldn't. What's keeping you from it? You can come up with a million different reasons of what's keeping you from success. You talk yourself out of that success. Why is that? That chain has to stop. Here's a perfect example. I've been part of a real estate team recently. And in that team, there are more lead, more leads than you could shake a stick at. There are more people looking for property to buy and then people looking for property to sell than you could ever possibly imagine. And people don't work the leads. They get a couple sales. They get lazy. They're perfectly happy making their twenty, thirty thousand dollars a year. They're in a position to make hundreds of thousands of dollars. So they just don't, don't simply take the action. They don't have the motivation to do the work. A lot of folks are spending time. They're getting suckered into the great American lie. Go to college, get a degree, buy a house, get a great job. Wake up, rinse, repeat, and eventually someday you get to die. Hopefully, you get to retire somewhere in the, at the end of that story. And here's the thing. Do you retire? You wind up retiring for less money. The great American dream actually includes retiring at an amount less than what you were used to living on when, when you were working. How does that make sense? How do you, why do you bust your, your hump for your whole working life so you can retire and live on less money? How does that make sense? Wall Street, ladies and gentlemen, is lying to you. The Fed is lying to you. The central banking system is lying to you. You want proof of that? Pull out some books and start reading. Think about reading The Creature from Jekyll Island. Tough read, long read, great book. Love it. Absolutely love it. You have to take the action to get the results that you want. Otherwise, nothing is going to change. Getting back to going to school, getting a degree. Does this really make sense anymore? Honestly, does this make sense anymore? And I know a lot of my listeners, the majority of my listeners have a college degree. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But I want to go over the stats. Because you need something else besides a college degree. Just a college degree and a great job isn't going to cut it, folks. That's why the majority of my investors are doctors and attorneys. And the reason being is they are in a worse position than the people that make forty, fifty thousand a year. And you think, well, it must be easy being a doctor. They make tons of money. No, they don't. That's a lie. Doctors have a huge tax obligation. High income earners that earn W-2 income have a huge tax obligation. Now, you may ask yourself, how do, how do I help? Do I show a loss on paper for them or do I help them lose money? Of course not. We actually, we've come up with strategies that are actually, that are endorsed by the IRS. That the IRS has taught us on using their own strategies on how to take high income earners and how to offset some of their tax liability by investing in real estate. That's part of what we do as a syndication. We bring investors together. We go out and source investment opportunities for people. You're not good at negotiating. That's not up your alley. You don't know what a good deal looks like. You just don't have the time or the money to learn how to invest in real estate. And you just want someone you can trust to go out and do it for you and help you through the process. That's what we do. My team is in place to do that. We will go out and find you those assets. We got licensed agents and brokers on my team. We will go out and find you the assets. We'll do all the work. So you don't even have that excuse. We can handle that as well. But let's go back to some, some, some interesting statistics I found. 
Now, this is from the U.S. Department of Education. The U.S. Department of Education, their statistics show that the national average, the cost to obtain a a degree at a public university averages about $8,000 a year. That's at a public university. $8,000 a year at a public university. So for a bachelor's degree, that's $32,000. Now, this is just tuition. This does not include books, room and board, all the other good stuff. $64,000 for a master's degree. Now, that's just an average, folks, and that's an average based on public universities. That means there's a lot of universities out there that chart public universities that are charging a lot more than 64000 for a master's degree. A lot more. And yes, there are some that are charging less. Let's continue. The average cost is double at a private university. This is right from the, the U.S. Department of Education. You can go on the website, look it up yourself. So for a private university, the cost of tuition is double. So that equates to $128,000 for a master's degree. $128,000 for a master's degree. Now, I happen to know a lot of people that are nurses. And a lot of those nurses have master's degrees. Many of them have bachelor's, but a lot of them have master's degrees. So let's say they went to a private university. Let's say they went to a an upscale public university and they're they're we go somewhere in between 64,000 to 128 let's say they're at 90 100,000 in tuition and you wind up becoming a nurse nothing wrong with nursing and nurses make decent money on the surface you would think correct the national average salary of a nurse is 67,000 a year well, 67,000 a year to do what a nurse has to do and let me tell you, I have a lot of friends that are nurses and they are they are they deserve a lot more money than $67,000 a year on average. I know a lot of nurses that make less than that. Some that make more, some that make much more. Obviously there's variations depending on if your specialty, ER nurse, surgical, on and on and on. My point is, and my opinion is they're overpaid or I'm sorry, underpaid, grossly underpaid. I think nurses are, are some of our heroes out there. They're grossly underpaid. I digress. A nurse they make $67,000 a year on average. Their take-home pay is only $48,000 a year. So out of 67000 the government gets a big chunk of it. That leaves them with 48000 a year on average, around 4000 a month. Obviously, for those of you, my lovely engineer listeners, I know you're out there listening. You're punching in your 10B2 right now going, no, 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 no. No, they actually make $4,126 a month. These are averages, folks. I use the IRS website. And I used national averages. $48,000 net or $4,000 a month. Let's talk about the average American. Their deductions. Remember, going back, we did a kind of a run-of-the-mill degree. And let's say our degree is costing us $350 a month in student loans. Not a big deal. You're making $4,000 a month, right? You can easily cover for $350 a month in student loans, right? No problem. Well, now you need cable and internet because we all got to have that, right? If we didn't have internet, the world could crash. There's 125 bucks a month. Even if you get just internet, you're going to spend 75, 80 in most markets. Some markets are even going to be higher than that. But let's use an average of $125. Again, I did a little bit of Google searching. These are average figures. These are not exact. Work with me. I'm trying to point out an illustration. The average cell phone bill in the country is 100 bucks a month. The average cell phone bill is 100 bucks per phone. Per month, $350 a month car payment for the average American, 
$400 a month in food for the average American. The average American pays $1,000 a month in rent. One twenty-five in car insurance. Here's my favorite one. Health insurance, four sixty-seven a month is what the average American pays in health insurance and out-of-pocket costs. That's average. I'm here to tell you, it's in my opinion, I think that number is incredibly low. Incredibly low. I know people paying into the thousands for Obamacare, thousands of dollars. And they don't really make that much money, and they're still making thousands of dollars. $200 in fuel. Let's go ahead and throw 200 bucks on top for entertainment and some doodads because everybody loves doodads, right? Go out to dinner every once in a while, buy that junk at the end cap. So, folks, if you started with a, with a, with a national average salary of $67,000 a year and a college degree, and I know that applies to a large number of my listeners, I know that a large number of my, of my listeners have all the expenses I just, man, I just mentioned, and their salary is less than $67,000 a year. That's okay. I understand that. Here's my point. $67,000 a year annual salary with a college degree and average Americans expenses means that your you net your disposable income at the end of the month is $683 and come to think of it, I didn't even allow for electricity. Well, let's throw another 100 bucks on there for electricity. Now we're down to 583 a month. a month net in your pocket, spendable income, disposable income, if everything goes well, after power. That's kind of sick, in my opinion. $583. So that means if you're only able to accrue $583 a month, and let's say nothing happens, and, and you always, you save every penny of that, the most you can save in a year is going to be $7,000. And this is, folks, assuming that you don't have any credit card debt. I didn't even want to put those figures in here. I did run those figures, which led me to, to believe that the average American lives upside down. You think housing is an issue. Uh, Americans live upside down. Now it's 2017. Then you probably made a goal that you're going to lose 10 pounds this year. That you're going to squeeze into that swimsuit or that you're going to make a gajillion dollars. The first thing I need you to do this year is I need you to get a copy of the cash flow, the cash flow, uh, a cash flow worksheet. And if you email me, I will send you a financial statement that we use in the, in the cash flow one-on-one workshops. It's very simple to fill it out. Income, assets, liabilities, passive income, and logs at all be more than happy to send you a copy. Email me directly, tyler at cashflowguys.com. I will send you a copy. Do the exercise. Write down the numbers. See where you plan, where you hash out. So if you're making $67,000 a year and you're only bringing, you're only left with $583, you got seven grand a year to work with. That scares the heck out of me. My point is, you got to make some changes because you can't go your entire life with only $583 on average. Let's say you get a flat tire. Well, there goes half of that right there easily. Let's say you drive a SUV or a truck. Well, those tires are three, $400 a piece. And then you're going to put them on a credit card. You're going to get four of those at two grand and the credit card's going to have 18% interest. 
and you're living upside down, ladies and gentlemen. You're living upside down. That's not going to work. Well, that's great, Tyler. Now you just ruined my whole new year. It's January, and I was all set, and I just recovered from the hangover. And you're giving me all this bad news that I'm living upside down. Well, that's not my intent, folks. My intent, first of all, is to scare you straight, to get you writing it down. You know, when I was a kid, my mom and dad taught me to sit down and write down a budget. My mother was very, very uh, driven and focused when it came down to writing down a budget. I encourage you to do the same thing. But before that happens, you have to know what your expenses are. You have to know what is your income, current income, and what are your current expenses. And when you write down a budget, think about what can you trim, what can be worked with. Some things can't be adjusted. Some things you just you're stuck with it the way it is. But here's a couple ways you can do you can make some changes. And I know when I say salesperson or sales, everybody cringes and they just kind of bleh. nobody likes a salesman, right? Well, I'm here to tell you that the average salesperson makes sixty three thousand dollars a year. National average salesperson makes sixty three thousand a year. That's an average, very very loose average. However, most salespeople are not required to even have a college degree. Well, there's $350 a month they don't have to pay. And that $350 a month figure, folks, was for 20 years, by the way. 20 years. And if you think for a minute that the country can afford to put you through college for free, I, I suggest that you learn basic math. Because our, our country cannot afford to educate you for free. You're going to have to figure out a way to educate yourself. So you're going to have to sign on my younger listeners for that 350 a month because you're going to bankrupt this country if we have to pay for your college we don't have the money I'm not even trying to be political that's just simply a mathematical equation it's very simple math the average salesperson making sixty-three thousand dollars a year as i said again no college degree has an opportunity to make a heck of a lot more but the nurse unfortunately is stuck to somebody else's unfair assessment of what their salary should be now millennials Millennials are more educated than their predecessors. I'm not a millennial. I'm too old for that. But the millennials of today are far more educated than their predecessors. Everything is available at the tip of the fingertips. You can go on Google and find out anything. You can talk to Siri through your iPhone and find out the answer to any question you want. Every bit of information you could possibly want is at your fingertips. So that make, uh, begs the question, why don't we harness that information? How do we take in this information? Here's what's going on. Millennials more often than not, are becoming self-employed early on in their careers. And they tend to do a better job at avoiding student loan debt. See, they're not signed on. Someday these universities are going to go belly up. Because the millennials, they're not standing in line to go to college like they used to. So maybe, for those of you that are not millennials listening to this show, maybe they've got one up on us. Good for them. Because someday they're going to have to support us, right? So how do we fix this, folks? How do we possibly fix We don't possibly have enough time in our day to go out and go back to college again when you're in your 30s, your late 20s, your 30s, God forbid, your 40s or 50s. I know I don't have time to go back to college. So what do we do? There's, that's the other part of the lie. Oh, well, if you're not making enough as a nurse at $67,000 a year, well, go to medical school and become a doctor. Now you can add another $100,000 to that. And you can increase your taxes by double you can increase your student loans three times over and that is what we are told we are told is a solution to the problem nothing could be farther from the truth here's my point folks here's how you fix it 
if you bought one little house, one little house, just like in Monopoly, one little greenhouse, using an FHA mortgage, and people go, oh, stop right there, I got bad credit. I say, bupkis on your bad credit. Anybody can get their credit fixed within two years. Anybody. Anybody. You find a reputable credit repair company. I know a few of them. Reach out to me if you have questions. That can help you repair your credit. But to repair your credit, you're going to have to have some self-discipline. And it's going to cost you a little bit of money to repair your credit. You're not going to get it done for free. So don't try to get it done for free and then complain when you get lousy results. You get what you pay for in this country, folks, and anywhere in the world. I digress. FHA mortgage priced at $70,000. You buy a property with an FHA mortgage and it, that's priced at $70,000 and move into it or less and move into it for one year. And a lot of listeners are going, I will never live in a $70,000 house. I am way too special to live in a $70,000 house. I must live in a deed-restricted community with good schools. Garbage. Folks, I'm not going to take care of you when you're old. What I am going to do is drive by my Bentley, point at you, and giggle. It's your responsibility to change your situation. Some of you are living far above your means. So you're going to have to make some adjustments. It doesn't have to be a $70,000 house, folks, but anybody can buy a $70,000 house. Anybody. Can I say it again? Anybody, anybody, anybody can buy a $70,000 house. If they really want to bad enough, it's possible. Because I believe that anybody can fix their credit. Monthly cost to own that house would run you four sixty-six a month. That includes the mortgage payment, taxes, and insurance. Yes, my engineer friends, these are approximations. They're not exact, and they fluctuate based on area, market, interest rate, price, on and on and on. Ballpark, four sixty-six a month. Therefore... Putting $600 a month into your pocket every month over the as compared to paying rent. So if you buy a $70,000 house is what I'm saying, and your costs are $466 a month, you're going to put on average $600 a month extra in your pocket that you didn't have before. That's like going out and getting a part-time job because you've reduced your expenses. When you reduce your expenses, you increase your available spendable cash by $600 a month. And let's just say you're bumped your head and you don't believe in spending every penny you earn and more than what you, you do earn. And you hang on to that money. In 12 months, that adds up to 7200 bucks. Not too shabby. You think, okay, cool. I made it to the end of the year. What do I do with my 7200 bucks? Well, what you do is you take that $7,200 and you go buy another property, just like the first one. Okay, maybe this year it'll be 72 or 75 Semantics. But you put down your down payment... Three and a half percent on your FHA mortgage, right? And now you move out of the first house and you move into the second one. You rent out the first house. When you rent out the first house, your net cash flow is going to run you about three to three fifty a month. That means you're going to receive a passive income of between three and three hundred and fifty dollars a month. Based on my numbers. Of that rent that house that rents at a thousand a month. Now, the new house, you still have the $600 a month savings that you had on the previous house has now transferred to the new house. So you got the $600 a month savings in your living expenses. 
added to that the nine the three hundred and forty four dollars of net cash flow from the previous house now being a rental property that adds up to nine hundred and forty four dollars a month additional revenue that also adds up to eleven thousand three hundred and twenty eight dollars a year if you save the money you think well that's great but then what that's not going to get me rich overnight well no it's not because you can't get rich overnight don't be silly but if you rinse and repeat this every year, every two years, guess what? The FHA is going to let you, let you do this at least anywhere between four to ten times, depending on how you're structured. If you're single, if you're married. How responsible you are with your credit once you get it fixed. And again, we can help you with this. We're starting our group coaching program in March. Part of what we're going to be talking about is working with people to get them qualified to buy assets. We're going to cover soup to nuts, everything in somewhere between eight to 12 weeks. If you're interested in that program, it'll be, I'm probably going to be a 12 week program starting in March. Drop me an email or go to cashflowguys.com forward slash coach. Cashflowguys.com forward slash coach. In five years, folks, it's quite possible for you to liquidate all those houses and using a very conservative method of appreciation i believe i figured it around five percent which is a conservative that means you should profit with this includes your accumulated cash flow and your appreciation forty two thousand dollars per house remember you only the house is only seventy thousand to begin with and you didn't pay the seventy thousand because you leveraged it so at forty two thousand dollars a house after five years that adds up to two hundred and eleven thousand dollars in cumulative cash flow most of you as kids have played Monopoly. And what do we learn in Monopoly when we get four greenhouses? When we get four greenhouses, we trade them in for one hotel, one red hotel. So let's call the hotel a multifamily little apartment building. Trade in those houses for a fourplex, sixplex, eightplex, tenplex. Of course, you'll qualify because you've been responsible now with your credit. You've been responsible with your spending. You've shown a track record of maintaining money in your bank accounts. You are considered highly bankable and every banker loves you. And this is what we're going to be bringing out, folks, is a way to teach you guys how to do this, to mentor you through this program. $211,000 is not a small amount of cash. And imagine what you could do based on these numbers if you reinvested that cash. Think about that for just one minute. Here's the bottom line, folks. You need to learn to sell. You need to learn how to negotiate. And the way you do that is by listening, reading, and practicing. The ability is there. I know that you can do this. But you got to take some action. Join a mastermind group. Go to a meetup. Hire a coach. Self-educate. It doesn't matter how you do it. What matters is that you do it. Coming up in February, at the end of February, besides PodFest, and if I haven't, you've heard me say this in previous episodes, if you're serious about gaining new business as a real estate investor, go to PodFest. You're going to learn how to position yourself in the marketplace. But if you really want to learn how to buy property using none of your own cash, negotiating seller financing terms, creative acquisition, Larry Harbolt's class is coming up next month, February 2017. To find out more about that, go to cashflowguys.com forward slash no banks. That's N-O-B-A-N-K-S, no banks. 
Because if you spend four days in his boot camp, and I think he charges two grand for that four days, full materials the whole night, you get four days with a legend. I'm going to be teaching some bonus breakout sessions for free at night. So you get to meet me. Invest in yourself. Register for that class. Get out to that class. It's going to be held here in Tampa. I believe it's the 16th through the 19th. But go to that link and verify that. Cashflowguys.com forward slash no banks. Cashflowguys.com forward slash no banks. Look forward to talking to you next week. As always, if you want to get with me, you want to get on the phone, have a conversation, see if you can get unstuck, go to cashflowguys.com forward slash ask Tyler. Cashflowguys.com forward slash ask Tyler. And remember, on Friday mornings, 9 o'clock, cashflowguys.com forward slash coffee. That's coffee with the Cashflow Guys. That's where you can get on live with me in a video Q&A. Get your questions answered live uh, on video over the internet, and I'd be happy to help you there as well. Thank you, folks, and you have a great week, and we will catch up with you on the other side. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas so you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.